helpless man blind from birth the only one who saw his worth didn't pass him by he heard his cry rubbed his eyes with a handful of clay then he said go wash in the pool today and the blind man knew that's what he had to do you know along the way he couldn't help but trip and fall each time he got back up again i wonder if he thought every
Good morning. Right side up. Always helps. Usually. As I start this morning, I want to start out with a story from 1978 in September, um, and the location was Yosemite Park. Uh, I got this really sharp idea to take my six-year-old son by two weeks, he just had his birthday, uh, on a walk up to Vernal Falls. Had no idea it was to the top of the falls was 2.4 miles. Did I mention it was one of the hottest days in Yosemite they had that year? If I didn't, it was. It was the third year of the drought. That coming winter, we were going to get relief, but it wasn't there. So we'd seen Yosemite dribble down, should have been you know, something up there that said, this is going to be disappointing. But uh, when dad gets zeal going, there's no stopping him. So um, we took off. And, uh, oh yeah, the, the path to Vernal, as in many paths in Yosemite, was totally surrounded by granite rock that really knows how to absorb heat. And uh, we were both in our shorts, and uh, he had a tank top, I had a t-shirt, I had no hat, he had a straw cowboy hat, and we took off, and it was long, and it was hot, and every time I looked at him, he was all red in the cheeks and parched, don't shoot me, Sylvia, <laughs> it was a long time ago, and he did survive. So we were almost to the base of the falls um, when there was in the shade this very convenient rock that was like a bench, and we seized the opportunity to sit on it and uh, rest for probably 10, 15 minutes. And there wasn't the normal roar of the water that you usually have in the falls. So um, we were, I was contemplating, and I asked him several times on the walk, I said, how are you? He said, I'm a little tired, Dad. So he reiterated that to me. And so I was about to pull the plug, call it quits, take him back. And with that, coming down the path from the falls was... I would estimate the woman was between 80 and 85, fit, walking like it was just a normal day on a flat terrain. And all of a sudden, she comes to a screeching halt and stares at us. And she says, don't you dare give up. I'm telling you it's worth it. Keep going. You won't be disappointed. And we're like this, we go, well, thank you, you know, and I looked at him, and he shrugged, and 
So we, we did continue on and got up there and saw the light, very light. And it's a very wide falls, Vernal. And um, it comes down over a 20, probably 25 to 30 foot piece of rock. And it was barely coming down. And so we went up these switchbacks and we got up there and saw the most amazing sight that you wouldn't see normally when it's at a f it's full roar and, and the water's there. But you, we actually had access to go out on the granite that the water came down on because it was only this deep. And they had this uh, chain fence about four feet from the edge that went and said, don't pass this point, and everybody was smart enough not to. And <clears throat> all of a sudden, people were starting to lay down in the water on their back, just like this. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, let's do it. So we went there, and, and, we, and we laid down in it. And then a, a, a gentleman came over and said, roll over and open your mouth, and you'll blame me later. Now, there's nothing up above us. The water's coming down. So we did. We opened our mouth, and we had the most refreshing drink, long drink of water that was such a quencher. And as we got up, I realized that the whole, this is one big piece of granite. After centuries of the water running over it, it was just highly polished. It was the most beautiful, if I can use the words, you've seen granite countertops, they pale in comparison. It was just a sight to see. I took some pictures, then we went back down and we, and we returned. But we would have missed that, you see, if it wasn't for that lady, and she, I guess she could tell, we were about ready to call it quits. But it was, it was such a reward to finish the course. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for today. This is a day which you have made, Lord. May you be honored in it and glorified. And I pray that my words would be your words. I pray that the saints here at, at, at SRVBC would be touched and encouraged today by them, for they are your, your verses, your promises, your hope. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't yet know you, or they may know about you, but they've never taken the step of accepting you as their Lord and Savior, and experiencing your love firsthand and the life that we have in you, we pray for them today. We pray that they would come to know you. And we pray all these things now in Jesus' name, amen. So our text today um, is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What? 
a promise from God. I can say I believe that there are multiple promises from God in this verse. It is, and, that, and we're going to take a look at that today. Um, but I titled the message, Don't Give Up. But you could also say something like, today's message is a bushel full of promises. In the beginning of that verse, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. That is so encouraging. Sometimes as Christians, you know, things can get tough, and we sometimes will, you know, let our eyes slip off him and, and get a little weak and get a little run down. But when we refocus and realize he's never left us, he's always with us in good or bad. Always. If you are born again, Christ never leaves your side. Deuteronomy uh, verse 31, or chapter 31, verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. That's what I call a promise. That's another promise. God is a refuge for us. We've all had those times where we have gone to him. We have sought him out. We have taken comfort with him. And maybe sometimes we have neglected that. But we understand that as children of God. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Amen? Amen? Another promise. The Bible is just full of promises for us. He is always there for us. To continue with our text, it says... Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. In other words, look at me. Don't look at your situation. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't dare take your eyes off him. I've done it. It's not worth it. It's painful. It's discouraging. But praise be to God, he never lets go of us. He's constantly working with us. He's so patient with us. He's so caring for us. He so just drowns us in his grace and his mercy. Our Lord is an encourager. I often see that through Sylvie and Adel, don't you? They really are encouragers. They're not negative people. Adel says, sometimes I'm negative. And he's right. But being around him, thank, thanks be to God, that's contagious. And I've learned to not be so negative. He gives us confidence. And in many ways, 
through his word, through prayer, and other godly Christians, doesn't he? But we have to be around them, don't we? We have to spend time with God's people. A quote. If you know Jesus, you'll never walk alone. That's by Po Fang Chia, who um, is in the, if you, if you follow the, uh, the devotion, um, she's in that from time to time. Which one is it, Dean? Daily Bear, yeah. Another quote, unknown who the author was, says, Our confidence in Christ does not make us lazy, negligent, or careless, but on the contrary, it awakens us, it urges us on, and makes us alive in living righteous lives and doing good. There is no self-confidence to compare with this. Another amen. To continue our text, he says, I will strengthen you. How many times has he done that for us? How many times have we forgotten to go to him to let him do that for us? But again, that's a promise from God. He is our strength. Isaiah 40, 31, most people know this. It's probably one of the most printed promises of God's word. You can find it in frames in the bookstore. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings, wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Another promise. Lots of promises today. A quote. God, God's promises are always to help and strengthen us to continue. And the Bible, again, is loaded with them. To continue our text this morning, surely I will help you. Surely God is re-emphasizing the importance that we remember this, that we know it and we remember that he is to be our strength. To do that, we have to be resting in him, don't we? We have to be walking with him, don't we? We can't be off doing something wrong. I'm amazed <clears throat> that as sometimes mature Christians, we end up finding something we want so bad, whether it's a person, a place, a vacation, a purchase, whatever it is. I, I can say I've gone through it when I was a much younger Christian in two automobiles, okay? Doesn't matter. But I avoided Jesus when it came to those. Because I just had a feeling he was going to say no. And on the first one, definitely was going to say no. Bad idea. After six torturous months, I humbled myself, went back to the dealership where I bought it, 
And not only did he take it back very graciously, but he says, you can do me a favor. Would you do me this favor? I really need help. I said, what? He goes, I've had your car for six months on our used car lot. Nobody will buy it. Even though it, it looked good, it ran perfect. But God held it there for me. And I learned a lesson. Another time it came up that I really wanted something and God delayed it, but at the right time, he provided it. God isn't always out to say no to us on something or someone, but there may be a delay for a good reason. Sometimes it's a no. But you know, as we mature in Christ, I think we know. We know more than we let on. We realize what we may be doing sometimes isn't wrong, or is wrong, but we go ahead with it. Surely I will help you. A prayer that was written down, again, we don't know who the, the person was, but it's, it goes like this, it goes, Dear Lord, may I, for the joy set before me, endure with patience the hardship of the trail. When my journey's over, I will see you face to face and live with you forever. Pretty good prayer. A lot of reality in that prayer. And again, to continue with our promise verse today, it ends with, Surely I will uphold you, with my righteous right hand. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. There's nothing more positive, more secure than that. It's a promise. And as we, we look now, we see how many promises our God gave us in that one verse of Scripture. Think how many there are in the Bible for us to discover. A quote. Again, no author, but it says, Jesus Christ is no security against storms, but he is perfect security in storms. Another prayer, <clears throat> this by the lady we, we, we uh, heard earlier, it says, her fa one of her favorite prayers is, Heavenly Father, Thank you for your promises that you will never leave me or forsake me. When I feel lonely, help me to remember you are always with me. Amen? We can't give up. We don't find that verse anywhere in the Bible that tells us just to throw in the towel and give up. Now, remember today that all these promises are only if you are a born-again Christian. If you have accepted them as your Lord and Savior, you can study them all you want, you can read about them all you want. You can walk and you can be in a church all you want. But unless 
we humble ourselves, acknowledge the fact that we're a, we're a sinner. Ah, that was easy for me. That was the easiest part of it. And go to him and ask his forgiveness. Cling to him. Accept his way of salvation through his blood at Calvary to forgive us our sins. And he will come into our life. That's who these promises this morning are for. But he still wants everybody to have them. He wants everybody in the world that's been in the world or will be in the world to have benefit of those. But to be a benefit, we have to be a Christian. Otherwise, the Spirit of God is not in us and they do us no good. We can't give up on Christ. It's inconceivable that we do that, isn't it? But have we done that? Have we thought about it? Do we get desperate sometimes? Do we think about another way? Remember, there's always a voice out there that's willing to help you out to turn from Christ, and that's the devil. And he's there. He's real. He hammered me a lot this week while I'm trying to, to do battle with him and, and get this message out because he doesn't want this message out. That's the last thing the devil wants. We're, as Christians, hated by him. He'll always be out there to suggest anything else for us. He'll be happy to set up a pity party for us. He'll take care of the invitations. He'll make it the best you've ever had, which in actuality is the worst thing for us. We can't give up on Christ. We can't give up on our faith in him or our trust. We must always cling to him. We need to every day spend time with him. We need that fellowship. There is no Christian who can survive without a vital, vibrant, wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. It won't happen. The Lord knows our situations. The Lord knows what we go through. So many times he's there just waiting for us through his word, but we don't pick up the Bible. Sometimes we even can avoid someone we know that God will use to encourage us. We have to, every day, stay close to him, to trust in him, to look to him. He knows. Romans 15, verse 4 and 5, our last scripture we'll look at this morning, is another promise from him. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement 
grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ. Again, another promise. Here's the reason we come to church multiple times a week to be encouraged, to be strengthened. It was never God's design <clears throat> for us to attend church one, one day a week. That's why we have the meetings. That's why we have the doors open multiple times during the week. Because he loves us. He wants to be there for us. He wants to take care of us. He wants to bless us. That's what he loves to do. And when we let him do that, life is good. It's peaceful, isn't it? It's joyful, isn't it? It's only when we can mess things up that that joy and that peace seem to disappear. But with him, it's good. There's nothing better in our life. So in closing, with heads bowed and eyes closed, remember these promises that he gave us today. Remember, we need to be born again. Remember, we're his children. And I just want to read the words with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. It's a song I really like a lot. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call. Hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time, the opportunity to open your word, to be blessed by it, to be encouraged by it, to be um, built up by it in sometimes maybe a, it's a wake-up call, it's a, a time to reevaluate things. Just take us in your arms now and bless us, strengthen us, and continue to encourage us. We pray all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.